Ladies and gentlemen, that is what you call a winning streak. The Phoenix Suns defeat the Indiana Pacers on a Saturday night and now have won two consecutive games, Matthew. We're on a winning streak, everybody. Can you believe it? This team right now, without our starters, they're fun. This is an exciting team. And last pod, I talked about this team coming off the bench. They're going to kill in the playoffs. Like right now, the way they're playing, even if they were to lose tonight, oh man, I don't care. The energy in that building, dude, they just, they carry it. They they play what Monty wants and just good results all game well, long. It was a great when, game. When you take a look at this, and we're going to talk about this on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So welcome everybody for joining us. But when you have things like this, when you have games like this, that are winnable games, you're playing the Indiana, Indiana Pacers, they're without their all-star in Tyrese Halliburton, who leads the league in assists. You have an opportunity to play a squad that is undermanned, a team that is injured, much akin to the Suns, a team that is under 500, much akin to the Suns. It's an opportunity to go win the game, but at the same time, what we've been looking for without Devin Booker, without Cameron Johnson, without DeAndre Ayton in this one, we're just looking for some development of these young guys, some opportunities for them to get some some repetitions if you will so when to your point matthew as we're making a deep season run as we go to the playoffs monty williams has assets and he can pull them off of the bench and they can be successful because they have the confidence because they perform well in games like they did tonight so it was fun to see the this team and as you mentioned had they not even lost it was just a fun game to watch because i'll tell you what matthew for anyone who was <laughs> trying to watch any of that philadelphia eagles yeah. new york giants shit you instantly were like okay I'm, i've made the right decision yeah. i'm hanging out with the suns tonight Oh yeah, right away. Twenty-eight nothing. You got to switch over to the Suns game. And on, I was I was in reverse going into tonight. I was thinking the Suns would lose. I was like, just DeAndre's out. You know, he was playing well last game within the system. Now he's out. Um, there's no way we're gonna win this. But they were just consistent. They were consistent on the boards, blocks, whatever. The effort plays were there all night long. That's what gives them the edge. This team has the has like the edge they've been missing. Right? They. They have that the, the edge you want going into the playoffs. Um, this team's fun. I, I don't know. I just get I fucking love this this team right now, dude. They have some edge to them. The challenge they run into is when they go against team that teams that have more talent. And like tomorrow they play the Grizzlies again. And and for, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and for the Jamsters yeah. who were frustrated that we didn't do a pod last Monday, following a thirty point blowout to the Grizzlies, we're sorry. We we, we missed one. Oh well. You know, <laughs> tomorrow <Yeah. laughs> they're playing the Grizzlies again. Things Probably not going to be things yeah. happen. Life happens, and you know, thank you to Matthew, thank you to Jake, fallen founder, for covering on. Was it Thursday? It was Thursday? Yep. I literally, yeah, long work week. We had a grand opening at my at the uh, the property that I work at. I manage the food and beverage department. A lot of work went into that event, and literally on Thursday, I went to bed at seven. And I woke up at 7.30 the next morning. I slept for, slept for 12 and a half hours. And I woke nice. up and I was, I was like, 117 to 112. Oh, man, I missed a good game. Oh, yeah, no. it was great. I, needed, I was surprised. I needed the rest. I expected you to pop in and just like end the broadcast early. So I had people on the lookout. I had uh, some scouts and stuff to make sure that you wouldn't pop on your phone and come, <laughs> come to the I pod. out, bro. But you were out. Yeah, no no sleep uh, no sleep potting for you. I was no, there, there, there was no like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like me hanging out in a dark room. It's like popping. <laughs> Like, what happened? No. So, you know, kind of took a break from the Suns for a week. A lot of focus on work. And it's a reminder to everybody out there. It's like Matthew and I, we love doing this. This is our favorite thing is to watch the Phoenix Suns and talk about the Phoenix Suns, write about the Phoenix Suns. But at the end of the day, this isn't what pays the bills for me. So, uh, you know, this is this is my hobby and I love doing it. I love hanging out with the the Suns Jam fam, all the jamsters out there and sharing our, our the peaks and the valleys, the highs and the lows that go through an entire season, not only with you, Matthew, but with all the people who follow and listen along. So if you happen to be following and listening along, uh, make sure you give us a five-star review. Matthew, we got four new five-star reviews on Apple yes. Podcasts. So we'll read those a little bit later. And thank you to everybody who didn't or who did give us the five-star reviews. Maybe I just need to stop coming on the pod. They're like, hey, is John Okay. We'll just leave them a five star. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I feel like everyone needed a break from the Suns, and we were re-energized. It was the therapeutic, Suns, like, energized. man. Yeah, it's therapeutic. Just take, like, a, I, I'm, I'm recommending to everybody just take a week off from the Suns. Just take one. Well, week Well, not off. now. You have to before, and then you have. It's too late now. This team looks like they're gelling. Is you can't take a week off now. You got the All Star break coming up in a couple weeks. Yes. Wait take till the, then. Take the week off then. There you go. Good call. Yeah. So, 
Uh, Matthew, I'm going to have me a nice Coors Banquet beer. Oh, I love it. And then I'm going to have a Coors Light. It's a Saturday night. I'm going to hit Coors and Coors Light tonight during this podcast. Double Looking fist. forward to this. So uh, let's talk about this win over those those Indiana Pacers. Let's, let's, let's crack them if you got them. Let's ride. The Phoenix Suns hold off the Indiana Pacers, defeat them at home, finally returning home. And on on a fun little throwback night, you got Charles Barkley's in the house. You got Dan Marley, KJ's out there just reminding us of 30 years ago. Uh, But that has nothing to do with my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. See, I got to ask on a night like tonight. When you take a look at the box score and you see Mikhail Bridges played 38 minutes, he was 9 of 19 from the field, 22 points, had four steals, had four assists, had four rebounds. This is what we need from Mikhail, right? Yeah, but we've gotten a lot more. Um, He's really settled down to be that guy. The experience that he's getting with these games, basically being the guy, it's going to help him down down the road. Like the way he's playing is he's getting to his spots. He's not like throwing up these crazy shots from mid range. He's really getting to his spots. He looks like Devin Booker out there, like just unstoppable from the mid range, right? I mean, he was he was on fire in the second. He couldn't miss. He had like a heat check three, and then everything defensively is looking good. So what he's doing with this offense is he's making sure that everyone else is touching the ball. He can run point. He can run off the screen. He can do whatever this team needs him to do right now, and it's huge because. We have all this, these effort guys. We have all these second-chance guys that are going to give us a lot of opportunities. But when it comes down to you know crucial points in the game, you're going to McHill now. It's crazy because before, I mean, it's been a week, or a week and a half or two weeks where he's been playing like this. Before that, it was like, we don't know what to say about this guy. We don't know what to expect, but he really honed down. He made sure that you know this team sees him as a valuable asset to keep for the future. And it can lead us to victories. If like Booker's off one night, if Chris Paul can't, doesn't have it going, which he probably won't, you know, DeAndre's not hitting his little floaters or whatever he does. Mikhail's a guy you can go to. So he's proved it to me. He's been consistent. Um, the 20 points per game is something that yes. probably won't sustain, but he can be that guy that can give you 20 points per game. It's too bad this didn't happen earlier because he can probably be an all-star go-getter this, this year. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the first time in his career – where he's put together four consecutive 20-point games. And that's all I've been asking for. I know that during this turbulent time for the Phoenix Suns since the beginning of December, knowing that Chris Paul's been injured, knowing we've been out with that, been without Devin Booker, knowing that Aiton has been sporadically in and out of the lineup, Mikhail Bridges is somebody who needed to take more shot attempts. I didn't care about what the result was. I just wanted to see the shot attempts. 19 tonight, 22 points. Not super efficient. I don't care. To your point, he's getting more comfortable, and that's going to do nothing but benefit this team in the long term because when Devin Booker comes back, he is going to have that ability and that confidence to take some of that scoring load off Devin Booker. Will we go back to a completely guard-centric offense once Devin Booker returns? Most likely. But at the same time, this is what I wanted to see. I'd rather see this than what I what we saw there for quite some time from McHale is a lack of offensive input uh, and not contributing to the team on the, on the stat sheet. This is the time he needs to seize that. And it's, I, I've almost feel like ever since I wrote that piece for bright side of the sun, boom, I think he read it. Or maybe it was a tweet. I put out, I put out a tweet that got like 1.8 million views or something on Twitter. And it was literally just like McHale bridges, with Booker, Mikhail Bridges without, and it was pretty much the same. He's actually yep. a little worse yeah. without him. Less shot yeah. attempts, less field goal percentage, and it got like all kinds of, you know, everyone's calling him a mid and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just showing that without Devin Booker, in, in my opinion, I think he should have done more. Since that tweet, he's gone off for four 20-point games. So I'm not saying it was me, but. Yeah, and he, 
it's 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 big of him to really take the responsibility above his like upon his shoulders to really take this team to the next level. Like these games, we don't expect to win at all. We've always just wanted effort, and that's what we're getting. So when we're watching guys like DeAndre and McHale, like who's gonna step up? It's been McHale, even when DeAndre's in there. DeAndre's the best right now, and um, I think I'm out of the phase of like we gotta force him to get in the ball. He's the best when he's just the fourth option, third option, yes. maybe fifth option. I wish he wasn't always, paid that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's always a guy that's gonna be open if you keep moving the ball around. He can pretty much shoot from anywhere but three. So that's always nice to have, but you have to have the guy that can facilitate to actually dribble the ball, make something happen with the offense. And Mikhail's proven to be that guy. It'll be interesting to see next game because I, I feel like DeAndre will probably be back um, tomorrow. Yeah, maybe. I, I think don't so know too. because he has an illness, so who knows? If he's not, it. I would like to see how Mikhail does against that Grizzlies team. That's fierce. They're fighting Shane Sharp on the sideline, so <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see if he can that's hold just it up. Dylan Brooks that, being that a douchebag. Yeah, I know. But then you got Steven Adams in there. You got John Moran. Everyone's going crazy. So that was fun yeah, to watch. We'll, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit at the back end of the pod when we preview <laughs> that game. Uh, I would be remiss. You know, it's one of those things. I'm going to play this drop. This drop is literally going to cost us money because we don't have the rights to this song. So uh, we don't get like YouTube revenue for ads. I don't even care on this one because this was 100% a Josh and Kogi game. Josh. La 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 la. Josh Akogi tonight, man. Thirty-four minutes played. He was six of eleven from the field for twenty-four points. He had ten boards. Matthew, four of those on the offensive side. He had four blocks in this game. He had a steal. He was one of two from beyond the arc. He was eleven of fifteen from the free throw line. He had that one put back where he just came running out of nowhere and just like tapped it somehow. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. this was. The Josh Akogi game, wearing a mask, looking like Rip Hamilton out there, wearing a mask. Uh, Hamo from the Aussie Suns podcast, he was coming up with names. He was DMing me on Twitter, and he's he's like, should we call him Zoro Kogi? You know, because he's got like the mask. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, genius. You know, just like, yeah. what a game. What a game for Josh Akogi. This guy, I, I keep talking about the playoffs a lot, and I know it's super early in the season, but I want to compare these guys to what they're doing now to what they might do in the playoffs. This is the ultimate playoff guy. And plus getting to the line, shooting 15 free throws. I do show 10 of 14, so I must be behind. But he, yeah, he shot, did he shoot the last one or something? I don't even know. But uh, getting the free throw line, that was huge from last game because Cameron Johnson, who came back for the last game, now he's out, probably be back tomorrow. He he seriously just, he, he got to the line, 99 attempts, 99 free throw attempts for Cameron Johnson last game. But I was like, who else is going to get there? Who else is physical? We had 41 attempts last game. And tonight we had 35 attempts on free throw line. And I think before last game, you talked about, I think it was two or three times the Suns got over the limit with 30 attempts. Yes. Now it's like consistently that. And it's not even our starters. It's these guys out there that are actually trying to draw contact. Akoi's that guy. He's the ultimate second chance guy. He can go up and get the board against any big guy out there. And he plays smart basketball. It's not like reckless. It's not like, oh, you're costing our team. You know, some of these reckless guys can be like, all right, chill out a little bit. It's like, no, he plays smart stuff. I know they had the review at the end of the game with that one foul that, you know, it was, I guess, a defensive foul. Or was that him or Saban Lee? I get the two. Saban Lee. It was Saban Lee. It was Saban Lee because they play almost the same exact way. Saban Lee was confusing with a Kogi at times. Dude, yeah. And Kogi's going to be that guy in the playoffs that's going to be game changing at times it's gonna be we need something we need to lift this team up we need a turnover we need some kind of magical play he's gonna be that guy he already is that guy and it's been consistent too that's the thing with mikhail you want consistency we got it now okogi's been that guy even with the mask even after deandre Aiden broke his nose he came back and he's looking fucking amazing i didn't expect this night from him tonight after coming off that broken nose injury nobody did nobody nobody expected josh okogi to lead all scores with 24 points tonight. All scores, not just the Phoenix Suns. It was Mikhail Bridges with 22, it was Josh Okogi with 24 points off the bench. Nobody expected that tonight. And to your point, when we talk about playoff rosters, he is somebody who has definitely earned, he has played himself into a rotation spot in the playoffs because of his ability to play bigger than, than who and what he is. You know, 10 rebounds from this guy. That's something that is invaluable come and that's probably not the right word, but you know what I mean. It's highly valuable come 
playoff time is the ability to get rebounds, the ability to get offensive rebounds. To your point as well, the Phoenix Suns in this game shot 35 free throw attempts. And there's only been two other times where they've shot 35 or more free throw attempts. They did. They had 41 free throw attempts, the most of the season, in their last game against Brooklyn. And then they had 35 free throw attempts against the New Orleans Pelicans in middle of December. Uh, 34 again in uh, a couple times against the, the Golden State Warriors as well. This this G League squad that we're running out there, led by Josh Akogi, led by Damian Lee, Sabin Lee, these guys are attacking the basket. It's that one thing that just doesn't exist in Monty Williams' offense when Devin Booker and Chris Paul, especially Chris Paul out there. Chris Paul's not going to be attacking the basket anymore. He's too old. He knows the wear and tear that that entails on his body. So therefore, we become a very different team. You have DeAndre Ayton who doesn't attack the, the basket. Everything he does is away from the basket. Effective or not effective, it's just a fact of life when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. What's been fun about this stretch, and it's been a tough stretch, Suns fans. You know it and I know it. For those of you regular listeners to the pod, those of you watch every game and live and die with every possession like we do, there's been some tough basketball. But there's little things along the way that have been really fun to watch, and a lot of it is the way that this team has been attacking the cylinder, getting themselves to the line, and changing some of that narrative. And then you have these hidden gems that you're starting to see. Is it sustainable that Saban Lee is going to be as productive as he has been these two games? No. I mean, he's a a 10-day contract player on a second 10-day. There's a reason for that. He's a a guy in the G League. There's a reason for that. But Josh Okogie is somebody who's been in this league long enough and makes his living on the defensive end. He's starting this season to increase that effectiveness on the offensive end. And that's something that we have to be excited about because, again, players like him are series changers when it comes to the playoffs. You think back to last last year. Who changed the series almost? It was like Jose Alvarado, right? It's those guys that you don't really expect to do very much of anything, and they're the guys who come out and can swing a series because you don't necessarily game plan for it. You know, you look at Josh Kogi prior to this, not not scoring a ton. You know, he's, he's 4.8 points a game. But his effectiveness when it comes to rebounding, his effectiveness when it comes to pure energy, you know he got that arena popping tonight, Matthew. Yeah, but he's not scared, too, to score. He's If he knows that no one's out there on the floor currently in the situation that can score, we don't have a whole lot of shooters because Cameron Johnson comes back and now he's gone again until probably tomorrow, but he steps up. He's like, I'll hit a couple, I'll hit a three or two. You know what I mean? He'll jack him up. He'll get to the rim. He'll get to the free throw line. Like, he's going to do things that he's like, I know I'm capable of these things, and once I get rolling, I'm kind of hard to stop. I'm kind of just a pest, and... I'm sure like the opposing fans just fucking hate this guy because he is that guy that you're going to, you're going to hate. Um, but a lot of talk too about like, there's a whole Fred Van Lee thing and like him coming mm-hmm. to the Suns, a big trade, whatever. I like the guards we have. I know Saban Lee's not going to hold up, but even yeah. when Cameron Payne comes back and Chris Paul, who knows, right? I honestly, I was talking about last pod. I think Chris Paul was getting better. I feel like he was, he had his jump shot. He wasn't the same, but he seemed like he was getting in better shape until he got hurt now he probably will end up just getting hurt the rest of the season off and on who knows but i kind of like the fact that we have these guards and i would rather have like these guys than like spend a lot of money and trade one of our better assets for fred van lee van lee who might be you know the guy to replace chris paul at the current situation maybe it's just the way the sun's team's playing right now and the energy they have that i love so much but i just i don't want to kind of break that up now with chris paul or cameron Payne coming back well, I do. <laughs> I mean, because oh, again, do? oh yeah, you want Van Vliet or no? No, no, I I don't think Van Vliet's necessarily the answer. There has to be an answer because Van Vliet could be the answer long term. Because Chris Paul is not the answer long term. We all know. Oh that, no, no, without a doubt. And you know, a healthy campaign, a healthy Devin Booker, a healthy Chris Paul. That's better than what we're running out there right now. That's just a fact. You know, the money talks when it comes to that. I mean, that right there is roughly about seventy million dollars worth of payroll. That's not playing right now. So while we can enjoy these runs that we're seeing from Dwayne Washington Jr., from Saban Lee, uh, from Josh Akogi, who I feel is more sustainable. He, he He's a top eight rotation player, in my opinion. Saban Lee, Dwayne Washington Jr., yeah. it's nice to have good games from them, but it's not sustainable because those guys, when the league starts to figure them out, it's the adjustment to the adjustment. You know, Metal Mike says in the chat, he's like, I want, Sa- I, uh, I want Saban Lee – 
should stick with us. Uh, and Sonia says, yeah, sign Saban Lee up for real, for real. These are just patches, right? Like these are just band-aids right now. Because yeah, Saban Lee looks great. Dwayne Washington Jr. can can look great. And we'll talk about him in a second. But those aren't long-term. I mean, if Saban Lee is getting the same amount of minutes that he did tonight, if he's giving you 29 minutes a game, if Dwayne Washington Jr. is giving you 17 minutes a game, like your team's not very good. You are you are a 500 team, which is what the Phoenix Suns are doing their best to do right now. They're trying to get back to 500. With this with this victory, they're now 23 and 24. Uh, and that you know, it, a two game win streak. All of a sudden, you know, we're in we're in the 10th spot and it, with an opportunity to potentially move up to seven based on the results of some other games. I, I appreciate it. Enjoy it, but it's not the long-term answer, man. It's not the long-term answer. No, I don't. Well, the thing is, defenses are—they're going to figure out Saban Lee. He did have five turnovers tonight, so at times it looks great. I think the defensive efforts there—he does confuse me with the Kogi sometimes, just the way they play. <laughs> yeah, but it's lengthy just, and it, hustling. Yeah, it's 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 maybe just the end. I don't. It depends when people come back. This might be the last ten-day contract he's on, um, but he might get another one. I don't think it's going to be anything long-term though. But he's been awesome, fantastic. Oh yeah, he's been really fun to watch. And I appreciate like so. Here, here's a question for you, and th- and this is a good conversation. Okay, so if you could, would you rather keep Saban Lee or Dwayne Washington? I'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national TV. Dwayne Washington. Dwayne. Why? Well, it depends on a few things. So if Cameron Payne comes back and he can be a guy that we can rely on with Chris Paul, you know, playing maybe 25 to 30 minutes a game, then yeah, I want Washington. At least we, if we have some guys out there that can like actually facilitate the ball, Washington, he can't, he's just a shooter, but no, he, he's a two guard. Yeah. He can absolutely hit some big shots for us off the bench. But if Cameron Payne comes back, yes, let's, let's do the Dwayne Washington thing. But Lee, it, it's tough because I think he at times looks good with the offense, but I'm telling you, as soon as defenses figure him out, it's not going to look as good. He'll be like, oh, like maybe we kept, we kept him too long. You know what I mean? So I'm going to say Washington because right now Saban Lee's kind of outplaying him, but I tell mm-hmm. you, dude, Washington will come back. He'll have some big games for us. Right now it's just like an adjustment. A lot of these guys, you know, their mints are kind of cut. Washington's has been because of Lee, so it probably doesn't look as good, but he is the better player. It's interesting because in the chat, and again, thank you guys for joining us in the chat. Make sure you hit the thumbs up while you're here. You know, Joel Ramirez, he wants Saban Lee. Uh, Co- uh, Kobe Brogdigan, he says, Saban looks to facilitate more than Washington, which makes sense. I mean, one's a point guard, and one's essentially a shooting guard in the point guard body, right? Like Dwayne Washington Jr. is a smaller guy. Uh, Saban Lee for Howard. Dwayne from Harry Pat Phoenix. Uh, Melissa wants Saban Lee. You know, Iverson says Dwayne ball hogs too much uh, right now. Saban, because he can bring up the ball. Right. I mean, we saw that in a game a couple weeks ago where the Phoenix Suns literally almost lost the game because they couldn't bring it up. And Dwayne Washington was subbed out because he couldn't, you know, Washington be our should be our sham. And that's what that that's I like what Los Sun says there, because that's where I'm going to go. OK, and Joel Saban's uh, shot does look horrendous. Um, what we're talking about here is the backup to the backup. Okay, when healthy, it's Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Okay, it's Cameron Payne, it's Landry Shamit. And now we're talking about the backup to the backup. And, you know, the question becomes, do you want to carry a backup to the backup point guard and a backup to the backup uh, shooting guard, right? Like, do you need to be, do, do you need to have six guards on your team? The answer is probably yes. The answer is probably yes. I mean, that's how the Phoenix Suns have typically done it. We've had Langston Galloway and... Uh, Etwan Moore. I mean, we've had different iterations of this under James Jones, the way that he constructs the roster. Uh, it's tough because we all have recency bias right now. Saban Lee, in my opinion, is more what this team needs is a facilitator. But the only reason we're saying that is because Dwayne Washington Jr. has played like ass in his last three games leading up to tonight. Leading up to tonight in his last three games, He's 20.7% from the field and 10% from beyond the arc. Okay, tonight, again, he played 17 minutes. He was 3 of 13 from the field. All three of those were from beyond the arc. He had nine points. He had four assists, one rebound, and a turnover. 
So three for 13. So, I mean, Dwayne Washington is just in a funk right now. Now, part of that is because opposing defenses know that he's a fire starter and they're going to attack him and then try to take him off his spots. That's part of it. Part of it is something that our good friend Dave King pointed out on Twitter. And, and just because Dave King pointed it out, I'm going to go hit it hiss with a stat. Maybe. Ooh, dang, stat me. What Dwayne, what Dave said on Twitter, he said, Dwayne Washington Jr. really needs to work on his floater game. He's shooting better on his threes this year, 37%, than twos, 36%. That's where Dwayne Washington gets us in trouble. And that's why some of the fan base, rightfully so, is saying they'd rather keep Saban Lee because at least Saban can, can he plays with length. He has, he has a better defender thus far in a very small sample size, a better defender than Dwayne Washington. And he has a little bit more of those intangibles, whereas Dwayne Washington's pretty much just a fire starter from three. And he doesn't have a good mid-range game. And you love the mid-range game, Matthew. So tell me what you're seeing. I thought he was fine for mid-range. I feel like a lot of the times when he's going to the rim, uh, he decides to pass it late maybe, and then he'll just not shoot the ball. And that's what we need him to do is just shoot the ball because he's just he's automatic, I feel like, from anywhere. I think he's just had a really rough stretch. And I think a lot of it has to do with just Saban Lee just being here. I mean, you have to think, like, um, Washington, he's a two-way player, too. So he sees Saban Lee in here, and he's like, oh, shit, like, what's going to happen here? This guy can actually play some ball. It might just it might have it might wreak some havoc on his mind but he needs to settle down and just be that guy that he was before because he was more consistent within the offense i think he's trying to do too much mm-hmm. i think he's trying to be like eh, look i can do this too i can feed jock i can feed you know biombo in the post but it just never looks that good i think what dwayne washington can do when this team is basically back together from injury he can be that guy that like you said the fire starter but he he hits big shots in big situations lee did tonight too the only thing I'm saying is I really do think that this this the the teams are going to play in the future. They'll have some kind of game plan against Saban Lee because he played what third or 29 uh, minutes tonight, mm-hmm. which you know opposing defense is going to be like, all right. This is like their guy, right? Besides Mikhail, he's going to be the guy handling the ball basically most of the time. So we get to figure something out, and once they do, we'll kind of see the true colors come out. I'm not saying Saban Lee sucks or anything. I'm just saying down the line we'll see like there's going to be an adjustment. And if he gets through that, oh, yeah, good. Sign him. Sign him. I mean, if he has five more games consistently, what, maybe three or four within the next 10 days, mm-hmm. then, yeah, that's a good guy to sign on to the team. But right now, and for going to the playoffs, I want a Washington junior. I, I just, I do. I know he's going to have big ends for us. The way that I look at and and, and you hit the key spot, the, the, the final countdown, the, the final thing that we need to unlock when we have in this conversation, in my opinion, which one of these players is going to be more beneficial to this team come playoff time? Dwayne Washington Jr. is one of those guys who can come in and play 10 minutes in a playoff game and score you 12 to 15 points like this. Saban Lee, I don't see that happening. Does he have the ability to spell somebody potentially if there's an injury? Yeah, that's most likely how we, you would have to use him. But I would rather have a guy who's kind of like, you know, I look at Dwayne Washington Jr. kind of like Eddie House. Right, the guy would come in and just like hit some threes, and and that's what he was doing the front end of this year when we did have health. Yeah. He was coming in and he was hitting big threes that were was extending leads. Like I'd much rather have that than somebody who's a facilitator because in theory you have your facilitators in place. Again, I don't know how it works relative to contracts. After his ten days done, do you have to release one of your two way guys in an effort to sign him to a two way contract? I, I don't know if that's. I don't know how it works. I don't, I don't either. That's, I don't know how don't many have, times you can extend them 10, 10 days till the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just, I'm not, 10 days, yeah. 10 more days, 10 more days. It was funny uh, because he, Saban Lee had that offensive foul. They're going to find him for that. And Espo from uh, PHNX, he was, you know, he had tweeted out, he's like, oh man, like he's going to have to give up half of his 10 day contract simply for that, that flagrant foul that he committed. And I was like, we should start a GoFundMe or GoFundMe. Yeah, that was. That's bullshit, dude. That guy was all over him. Like, yeah, but healed, I, dude. I can't stand I but healed. Well, I can't stand I, but healed. Dude, I'm actually I'm excited to see how Saban Lee does ride this out because you see this all the time with these players where they're fan favorites right now in the chat, and you would take them over, you know, Washington Jr. But you just forget about what Washington Jr. did for the team. Like this happens all the time. Oh yeah. So I'm just I'm calling it ahead of time. I'm just saying I'm with that. You. Yeah. So we, I want so we are still good. a Dwayne Washington Jr. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Sure. Fair enough. All right. Let's talk about a promo. Listen up, Jamsters. I know this is a basketball podcast, but the NFL playoff picture is locked in. 
and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this upcoming weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action is so good, why not bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Do you think that Dwayne Washington Jr. has the Javon Carter disease? Mm, like growth? Like, does he look like he's growing in weird spots or something? Like, his, like Monty um... hates him and banishes him to the end of the bench despite his production. Oh, <laughs> no, you know what? What Monty's doing is he's seeing what he has in Saban Lee. I, I honestly think True. that he's been the sexier player right now. He really has. And I think Monty's done a good job with them. If we weren't seeing him, we would be upset. Um, Dwayne, I think Monty knows that Dwayne's probably just pushing himself too much and doing too much out there. Agreed. So that's why, yeah, he's thinking I really think now. that's it. He's starting yeah, to think like, now. Yeah, don't do that. Somebody said that on Twitter. I was like, that's an interesting way to put it. Javon Carter disease. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of these players, though, he does that with. Another question I had for you that I forgot to ask earlier on Mikhail Bridges. K-Ray keeps calling him the smiling sniper. What do you what think? What is that? that? Yeah, okay. I didn't know if I heard that right. I'm like the smiling He's sniper. He's like the smiling sniper. He doesn't smile anymore, man. I told uh, Jake last pod, I'm like, Mikhail kind of looks like he's been through a couple terms as a president. Like he just looks like really, really he's getting gray. Yeah, he, he looks like he's like kind of done and tired. Like he just looks exhausted on his face. So I don't see the smiles anymore. Yeah, I just after the game, maybe I get where K Ray's coming from. That if we're coming from in an effort to try to make that one happen, you know, the warden is something that Mikhail Bridges isn't necessarily known as much of a lockdown defender. I feel like this year he's been asked to do a lot more outside yeah. of his role, so we don't yeah. see him truly having the ability to just be that lockdown defender. Yeah. So he's just trying to come up with some alliteration thing. It's, he's been trying to, he's been taking that for a test drive the past few games. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Like, we love you, K Ray. Uh, the smiling sniper not working. The magician you can still use, but he hasn't been vanishing over the past few games, so you can't. Even I'm not use a big that fan. One. I, a lot of these nicknames suck. I feel like it's just like the jersey situation where where there's too many jerseys out there. There's too many nicknames, and you just got to stick with one that actually makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't keep changing it. The warden's fine. He's just warden's fine. I'm with it. I, I'm with the. I'm okay with it. I like Mikael Bridges. I like. Yeah, it's a good name too. I like that one. I like the jersey too. Two five. <laughs> Looks nice and easy. Beautiful. So, I mean, they need to stop with that smiling, smiling sniper stuff. <laughs> but, uh, let's talk about busy. Biz. Biz. Busy got the start tonight, oh played a total God. of 30 minutes, and oh, my God. He was 6 of 12 from the field. He had 12 points. He had 16 boards, a career high, mind you. He had three blocks in this game as well. And for quite some time there, especially in that first quarter, he was owning Miles Turner. I mean, Miles Turner was that. If you remember how the game began, going all the way back, Damian Lee comes out, hits a three, and then the Pacers go on like a 10-0 run or a 12-0 run. It's like 12-3, like nothing. And what they're doing is they're attacking from the perimeter, and all of a sudden they start to feed it to Miles Turner inside, and he starts to tried to back down busy and it just didn't work. And that's what actually got the Suns kind of back in the game at that point. I thought Bismack Biombo had an absolutely fantastic game tonight. And he got he uh surpassed 1,000 career blocks as well. Dude, he's insane. Um, this team had eight blocks tonight. I feel like a lot of the game was just like LeBron James dunks our blocks, you know, just coming from behind on fast breaks. The Suns yes. would like give up the ball, but like, all right, we'll just meet you at the other end and block it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or just yes. turn the shot and it's off, but uh, Bismack, he has that the the outreach of like no one I've ever seen. He is incredible at getting making up a lot of space just with his arms. Like uh, he had that early one on Buddy Hill that was just across the lane. I had no idea he was gonna get it, but he got it. Uh, but it goes back to like just this team getting healthy again and just mm-hmm. remembering like this is our backup big. Him and Jock together, they're gonna be awesome. 
I cannot wait to see them in the playoffs with this team healthy. Um, the way that Biznak's been, though, of late, he's been like the other hustle guy. He's a big hustle dude. I know Lindale's mm-hmm. awesome, but Bismack, he plays amazing. And I think the only thing, of course, is that little jump hook and stuff. If he yeah, can just he, be He missed on so many of those, man. It's weird to think that he just is kind of timid to like kind of get that off. And he takes a little bit longer than he should to really hit that little jump hook because he has some good spacing. He's down there. He's right near the hoop. And a lot of times he takes too long. Just throw it up there. It's ugly anyways. If it goes in and goes in, I don't ever count on him to make his shots because it's just such a weird release. Um, but just be more confident in it. I'm surprised I'm even saying that of him because he seems like the most confident player we have on this team, a guy they can trust from the beginning. Um, if he can just be okay with that, and you know, DeAndre looks a little bit more confident in his shot than Busy right now, but Busy should be okay with it. He should just chuck him up there. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, he's he's putting pressure on the interior. That's all we want, right? That's all we want, yeah. pressure on the interior, not fade away, you know, 12-footers and whatnot. And it looks ugly. Don't get me wrong. It looks ugly. But his impact on the defensive end, you know, it, it's funny because you have the conversation about DeAndre Ayton, and we almost never acknowledge his defense. And I'm not saying, like, we, you and I. I mean, like, we as a fan base. Because there's a lot of people who just don't acknowledge any of the great things that deandre Ayton does on defense and he does a lot of really good things on defense <laughs> i know yeah. well i definitely do i always give him props yeah. for that but busy that's all we give him props for it's just like you know his yeah. shot deterrence and his block ability and his chase down ability because you the, of the key word there the key difference between him and da is the hustle is he has hustle in him and he's always going you know and he uses his fouls somebody just said that uh stick people in the chat Says Biz is not afraid to use his fouls, and most often he ends up using them all. But his minutes are so impactful, and that's the key. It's like as a backup big, that's what you're supposed to do. It's funny because he pwned Miles Turner, and there's so many people who want Miles Turner on the on the Phoenix Suns, and it's just you know again you kind of see what happens when you put like a Bismack Biombo against him. It's like, well, is that what you get from Miles Turner on a regular basis? I don't know. Yeah, and you can see um. A lot of guys are blowing by Bismack, though. That's the one thing. It's Bismack, if he's caught out of position, I know I said he does like make up some ground, but mm-hmm. he has to be heading that way already. If someone oh, can yeah. actually, if someone can get around him, it's over. They did that almost all night. I'm surprised. I think we had more points in the pan, I think, by a couple over the, the, the Pacers, but the Pacers just seemed like they were getting by him at will. The blocks were there. It's just like if you can kind of have him out more towards the free throw line, it's easier. And like, no one's going to block that. So, um, that's the one thing you kind of remember, like, oh, yeah, DeAndre's really good at that, staying with those guys. That's yes. one thing Bismack can do. Yes, that shot deterrence is is legit. You know, that's one thing you always have to remember about uh, about Bismack Biombo. You know, there is one guy who the Phoenix Suns played against tonight who, you know, it, it brings back some memories. I, I feel like we always talk about him. Um, I'm trying to find his drop going back years uh, now. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, see yeah. if I can even find a drop for him. God, is there a drop for him anymore? I might have deleted it. Oh, this is I forget the I forget the drop. What it was. I, I, I do too. I'm just like I'm looking <clears> at like <throat> Do we even have one? We did for a while, but then we like traded him and I'm not seeing it. Like because I, I go through like we have our drops by different years. <clears throat> Doing this podcast for, for quite some time. Yeah, I'm not seeing the sticks drop. I must have I guess that it doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but talking about sticks, okay? You know, yeah. Obviously, it's a topic of conversation. Don't want to spend too much on it. But for anyone who watched the game, you saw him come out. He hit a three. He played twelve minutes. He's four or six from the field. He had eleven points and six rebounds. Did you miss sticks in this game? No, not at all. I think Me the neither. way that Craig's been playing, I kind of forgot about him, and I. The only thing I thought about when I saw Sticks is like, okay, now I see why they don't have him on the team. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. bad. It's just like, I'm like, okay, I, he did throw that one ball out of bounds just way over the guy's head, but it's not for that reason. It's just you can kind of see just how green he is still and how much of a, you know, how much project. of an effort it would be. Yeah, he is a project, and that training staff, or not training staff, but the coaching staff needs to spend a lot of time with them. And I think they spend all their energy on Aiton. So it's like I don't know how much six love that he would get. Um, it's, it's tough to watch him on that team and just know like, oh damn, I did believe him at once, but right now I'm just kind of seeing it. But maybe because Halliburton was out, because this team looks so different without Halliburton. Halliburton's basically an all star, so maybe that would have helped. I'm sure they would have won if Halliburton was in tonight for sure. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is—he's a game changer. He's—he's he's an impactful player. Uh, he also yeah. was dressed on the sideline. 
like a late nineties, aggressive rollerblader and he was eating popcorn. Like he was rocking a San Francisco 49ers, number 13 Jersey. I thought that was the Giants. Wasn't it Odell Beckham? Nope. It was, <clears throat> a, Bro- it was a Brock Purdy Jersey. Really? Do you know why? Let me see. Where's Brock Purdy? Same college. They both went to Iowa state. Okay. Yes. Uh, and Brock Purdy's from Arizona. He went to Gilbert. I was going to say, yeah, I've heard it about when I go to work, there's like this lady that knows his family. So that's all oh, she really? cares about on Facebook is Brock Purdy. So hopefully we can put an end to that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk Sack about that. Ass a few times. Uh, but so he was sitting there, he had like the really biggie baggy pants. Like when you're watching the game and he'd stand up yeah. and he was cheering, it looked like they were like Jenko's. I thought he and was it- copying Booker. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to be G'd out. Yeah. Uh, and it was funny because. You know, I was, I was putting on Twitter, I was talking about how it was like late 90s, aggressive rollerblading. And it's one thing that I did. I actually posted on Twitter uh, an old skate video. Me and my buddies in the late 90s made a skate video. I've seen it. Yeah, it's like a 40-minute yeah. video back in the day. It's like Skinny John jumping up <laughs> stairs and shit at Camelback High School and stuff. It's really, that's what I did in the late 90s, man. I was a, I was a rollerblader. I was an aggressive rollerblader. Yeah, if you uh, if you spend any time with John and get drunk and stay at his house, he'll show you all the videos he's ever made <laughs> his whole life. You just sit there and watch everything he's created. <laughs> I've been creating shit my whole life. Usually, yeah. you're trying to go outside. You're, yeah. I don't even smoke. I'm just gonna. Can I have a smoke break? I'm smoke tired break. of. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm tired of. I'm tired of watching this shit. Um, sm- speaking of smoke breaks, the Sarich smoke break. Good old Dario Sarge got the start tonight, and it wasn't anything yeah. crazy. He only played eight minutes in this game and had one point, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, I just We didn't need him. I think the way that they started, they kind of figured out, you know what, he's not going to work in this game. But Dario's been doing pretty good. He's kind of been – he's been the best Dario version that we're going to get. As of late, he's kind of come back around a little bit. He mm-hmm. makes a difference. But then he has games like this where he's just not really playable. Yeah, um, I think you, you can kind of see it with the size, I guess, with Miles Turner. But he did draw the one foul against him. But there's just not a whole lot there that he could do this game. I think it was too fast paced, and I think that Monty wanted to push the pace, and that's just something that Dario he can at times to an extent. But it just comes to a point where it's just like he's not very playable. But watch, he just got hurt. But I, no. I honestly think I've I've liked the way that Dario's been though. I've like I, I think do. he's been Me pretty too. good. I I know he's been good. I just to your point. This just didn't make sense. I think that, you know, outside of Miles Turner, this isn't a team that has size. No. You know, I mean, in the past, when you played the Pacers, you had DeMontis Sabonis, and Miles Turner was coming off the bench. And you're like, shit, man, this team's going to pound us on the interior. That didn't occur tonight. Jock Landell and Busy played well because of the lack of the interior presence of the Indiana Pacers. So it was an interesting start to see if Dario could provide some of that connectivity. And in his eight minutes, he did that. He did have three assists in this game. Uh, but outside of that, I think that Josh Akogi played himself into that lineup saying, hey, I could play bigger than I than I am. Therefore, you know, I'm, I'm going to take all those minutes. What do you think of this Pacers team? You know, knowing that this is the Pacers without Tyrese Halliburton, looking at a lot of the assets that they possess, right? You know, you got Aaron Neesmith, who's somebody who you and I were yeah. kind of keen on that draft. They have like everybody from the 2020 draft, right? They got Neesmith, they got Jalen Smith, they got Tyrese Halliburton, right? It's like if they got Devin Vassell, it'd be all the guys from the draft that we were high <laughs> on because those were all the yeah. guys that the Suns yeah. should have got. They were they all fell right in that draft range. Mm-hmm. You know, but you got Miles Turner, you got Buddy Heald, you got Jalen Smith, you got Chris Duarte, uh, who didn't really play well in this game, 17 minutes, two points. And you got Ben Matherin from U of A who played 38 minutes off the bench in this game and was their leading scorer with 23 points, was 11 of 11 from the free throw line, 6 of 17 from the field. Uh, what, what do you think of this Pacers team? Well, I'm with Coda Kid. They suck. Just kidding. They they don't <laughs> suck. But if you look at the standings, they're ninth in the, they're ninth in the East with that 20. Now they're this 23 is, and 24. This is, uh, but you got to remember, once they lost Tyrese Halliburton, they've lost seven in a row now. Yeah, I know. Um, beforehand, I never watched them, so I have no idea. The Pacers are a team where they're just now putting things together, but you don't know what their future holds. And they're just kind of like, oh, like kind of like the Kings in a way where the Kings are like, oh, catching by surprise. I got to catch them. I haven't watched them either. Mm-hmm. But they're a fun team. I think that they have a lot of hustle and stuff, but they, of course, need other guys. I think getting Halliburton was huge for them. It's kind of crazy how things 100%. just change. For both those franchises, I'm glad that was like that, a win. That was a win-win trade. It is a win-win. But the only thing is, Sabonis. I don't know if he'll be an all-star, but he he might be an all-star. Halliburton's mm-hmm. going to be a for sure guy because Halliburton's out there in the media. He's doing everything he can to put his voice out there and become like kind of like the face of the franchise. So he's going to get a lot of votes. Sabonis is kind of more common, more timid. 
more calm, more timid. Like he's not going to get a whole lot of votes, but it does seem more even because the way that Fox is playing over there makes sense. Halliburton though, I think he's going to be that guy kind of like, he's always going to be taken over Fox, no matter what the stats are, no matter what the record, Halliburton oh, yeah. will always be like, Oh, this guy is actually legit. He's, for he's real. a better distributor. He is. And he's amazing. And I really haven't got to see him play yet. So I can't really comment on where or what they need to do with this franchise. I think uh, when you look at the Pacers, they remind me a lot of the Orlando magic in that they have a lot of really good young assets and it's just going to take time. Like this team, I really feel in like two seasons, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're a team that might sneak into the Eastern conference play in. Right. And they might have a little bit of postseason success. And then next year, they're really going to extrapolate upon that because I think Chris Duarte, even though he didn't play much tonight, I think that he's a solid asset. I think that Tyrese Halliburton's great. Jalen Smith kind of is who he is. I feel because you have to you have to also remember yeah. his his age as well. You have, you know, TJ McConnell's the one piece that I feel is not going to last on this team. And and shout out to TJ McConnell. 18 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds. First triple double this season by an Indiana Pacer. He's somebody who I could actually see, you know, not on this team come trade deadline because they're going to have to make that decision as a franchise. Not necessarily are they tanking for Wemby. They're not going to be that bad. But, you know, TJ McConnell's a guy who's making $8.1 million a year. He's 8.7 next year. And then he has uh, a non-guaranteed contract the following season before coming in a free agent. He's somebody the Phoenix Suns could trade for, you know, Jay Crowder kind of thing, right? But again, like, it goes back to that guard conversation. Like, we, we yeah. got to talking about all these Jay Crowder options that involve guards because unless it's a, an upper echelon player, he's not really, you know, somebody who's uh, – who's pliable to be a part of the team. Did he ever play on the Celtics? TJ McConnell? Yeah. I, I was just thinking about him. For the, I saw, um, I saw that smart went down tonight with like a non-contact knee injury. Yeah. So I'm like, they probably need another guard. <laughs> so he, maybe that would be a pickup by the that, Celtics. That might be, he played with Philly for four years. Philly. Okay. okay. Yeah. He was with Philly. Um, yeah, I could definitely see him becoming a Celtic. Yeah, but I just I feel like... does <laughs> trade just trade Jay for something, Jesus. So it doesn't. Oh yeah, matter. I'm gonna yeah, talk about get, that here in a let's second. Let's get let's get TJ. Who cares? Just get somebody. Just, any, just, just anything, please. <laughs> uh, but I think that's a good young team. That's they're a season and a half away. Yeah. And, and as Coda Kid says in the chat, he goes, "They got Rick Kyle, Carlisle though." But Rick Carlisle's had success as a coach. I think he's a good coach in the NBA. I just think that hit some of his time in Dallas. You know, he got dealt kind of a bad hand, but did he? He won a championship with them as well. So, uh, I just I don't know. The Pacers are a team that I'm, I'll be interesting, just like the Magic. They're a team that I feel like I'm. It'll be interesting what they become because as the 76ers age, right? As Boston ages, and they're Boston's got a long ways until they age because they're the, both their young guys are hitting their prime. But I feel like with James Harden kind of fading away, obviously with Kevin Durant, Kyrie getting older, like the Nets will start to falter. The Pacers. The Orlando Magic, if they stay the course with some of their young talent, I really think that they have the ability to kind of, you know, become a good team. Yeah, there's a lot of talent out east now. A lot of young teams that are yes. coming through. So the east is looking better than the west as of late. Uh, let's see. What else did I have in my notes? Uh, real quick on Jay Crowder. I have this question for you and for the chat as well. Is there any chance that the Suns can't move Jay Crowder? Is there any chance that he doesn't play for us at all this season? ends up becoming a free agent, just ends up playing in Italy. Because, like, he, he's – you're starting to hear a lot of what the general managers are saying about him. And, like, they don't want a guy like him on the team. He's not somebody are who's necessarily a start. Yeah, I've seen a Were couple you, articles. Okay. I haven't I've seen, seen anything about that yet. So that's I've seen good it, to hear. So, I'm, yeah, I've seen a couple articles where GMs, are, they, they believe that he's been devalued because he hasn't been playing. And you talk about, like, a winning culture. You don't want to bring somebody in who just, like, completely just quits on his team. And we've talked about that as, as fans, but it's been leaked a couple places. I don't have the sources on me, and for that, I apologize. But you know, as I'm browsing through Twitter and I'm finding little articles, and as I'm writing the center of the sun piece for Bright Side of the Sun, I find these kind of little articles on different fan bases and SB Nation sites that talk about these things. But you know, it's almost to the point where it's like I feel like we're not going to be able to get anything for him, and he's just not going to play, and then he's off the books next year, and he's in Italy. I mean, that would make sense for the Suns. Um, I think with Ishbia in the house, so now, so. We heard before that they were, they had their hands tied. They couldn't do anything because of the owner situation. Now we're hearing. I think Flex put it out there. I'm I'm not sure. I think he did say like everyone thought that they couldn't make a trade, but they actually can. Yeah, they've just been working the phones and stuff for a while. 
Um, so it's just probably something where they can probably care less about Jay and what his future holds as an NBA player. Now the Suns are just looking for whatever they can get. And a lot of teams are probably looking at it like, well, he wants off the team, so we're not going to give you a lot. Right. So, yeah. but I just want to know what he's talking about, why he has, why he like, why did he make this happen for himself? Like what happened? Like what was going on to where he has to sit out? It's crazy. And I, if I was another team and I saw that, I'd be like, yeah, I don't want him on there either. But then him and Mikhail and the whole rest of the team, like they're texting and stuff. You know what I mean? I'm sure who knows who else is texting, but Mikhail talked about like, Hey, I'm texting him and I'm saying, I'm yeah. just, but it's like, dude, just fucking man up and play. This guy quit on you this season. He's not there for you because of some certain reason. Because big guys, dude, these big motherfucking dudes are such big babies. Oh, They're I big know. Big fucking babies. I can't wait to hear what it is. It's like grow up. Yeah, I can't wait for the oral history on this. It's gonna and, be. It's gonna be right away. I think Jay comes out and he hits a few pods and he's gonna say exactly what happened. I bet you. And and Joel Ramirez is right. It was Mark Stein who had a piece on it. And and, and essentially what it is. You know, and I, and I get what Ted Lubin's saying. He's like, I don't believe that teams think Jay is bad for teams. It's just posturing for trade value. His posturing has devalued his trade value. That's the challenge that James, because James Jones isn't going to just go, okay, give me Greg Monroe for him, right? He's, again, I, I, I'm i with you. Like, you've quit on this team. You've quit on a team that you were a, a good part of. Why? Because, you know, he says, well, it's not about not starting. And it's not about, not, it's not about money. Then what the fuck is it about, Jay? What the what fuck is, is it, it about then? Well, he, he'll let us know, he says. I can't I can't wait. I can't wait. But what would it be? Like something with Sarver or James Jones? It, like it, it, The culture outside of Sarver being a complete douchebag. You know, James Jones is a player's GM. I can't see anything being such an impasse that he sat out to this point of the season. No, it's I not. can't see other, other than his own stubbornness and believing that as a 32-year-old, he is, he is a starter in the NBA for the Phoenix Suns. And guess what? He would have started for like 40 games, but he had to sit there and was like, no, I'm shooting up shots at Georgia Tech. Yeah. It's kind of nice. So I like how the Suns team kind of developed over the last few games, but you can kind of see the toughness coming out. It's like we relied, I guess, Jay on his toughness or whatever. True. Him and McGee. But the team had to a grow Kogi up. got that. He's got yeah, that toughness. But this team has to do it themselves. They can't just rely on some guy that's been there for a while. Like just feed off of them. Just learn what you, just go back to what you learned from them and just put it on the court. Yeah, grow from it. And again, they've had to do it without him. So it'll just be interesting. I want to know what, obviously the trade deadline, you know, we're three weeks away, three and a half weeks. It's just like, let's just get there. Get this guy off the fucking book. It's going to be crazy when it happens. Finally. Talk about some some subreddit. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right. I was hanging out on the. The subreddit for the Indiana Pacers. Not 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 a busy place. Not not a lot going no? on there. No. Mm-hmm. Let's see what they had to say. What the fuck is Rick doing starting McConnell and Nemhard? What drugs is he taking? Somebody said the good ones. Now, <laughs> obviously that backfired. McCall and uh, TJ McCall had 18 points. Like I said, he had a triple double. Uh Nebhard had four points and five fouls. So I, I get that. So I can see the frustration there. Uh, it's funny that even when Phoenix has like eight guys out, they still have Mikhail Bridges. Pretty sure that guy hasn't missed a single game yet in his career. And then uh, somebody said, pride, dude's no pussy. I've watched him play with broken fingers on both hands two years ago and visibly in pain. Do you remember him having two broken fingers on broken hands? I remember like a, a dislocated finger once. Upon a I can't time. remember. No, I don't. I don't know. Maybe he did. We'll just say he did. It sounds better. Yeah, sure. He did <laughs> both hands. Uh, and then, so one thing you obviously have to remember about the Indiana Pacers is where Dwayne Washington Jr. came, came from. So there was a little yeah. thread they yep. had going on and said, I'm really happy for Dwayne Washington Jr. I'm glad he's been doing well for Phoenix. Hard to imagine what the guard log jam would be like if he was still on the Pacers roster. And then somebody said, Washington just doesn't look right with short hair. And then somebody said, Pacers legend, like either. Dwayne Washington Jr. Yeah, I liked it when he had the long hair. Was, Me too. You know, All of a sudden know, it was gone. Don't do that to us. Yeah, don't you can't. And remember, like when they when they run the promos at the beginning of every game, you know, it's like it's it's the promos they took at the beginning of the season. He's still got the long hair, and you're just like, you missed. Unless it was like a Jimmy Butler thing, where Jimmy Butler had like the fake hair. Oh yeah, that off right away. Yeah, that was (laughs) that's that was was awesome. That's one of the best things I ever seen. Did you see how like they use like his 2K picture now on like 
one of the broadcasts instead of showing that that silly picture with him with like, the dreadlocks all the way down. That's great, dude. Isn't that funny? And he was saying he's like these aren't these aren't uh, fake. They're not extensions yeah. or whatever. These yeah, are real. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, somebody said this is Aiton's fourth non-COVID illness on the season. Like, what the fuck, bro? Is oh. on the anti-vitamin C diet. <laughs> He's just partying, man. He's fucking going. I get Oh, really quick. Um, I was watching like the I was streaming it, so I get to see what they're watching at the the stadium. Yeah. And they did like the 90s things where they show like little things from the 90s. They have to try to guess what it is. Yeah. Aiden is so funny, dude. He is the funniest guy responding. He's just the weirdest guy. He is so fucking crazy. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, speaking of that, obviously, people who are watching this game, a lot of them were streaming it as well. And they were having the whole halftime show with the 92, 93 Phoenix Suns. And yeah. somebody said, parents were cool, were cruel to name him Richard with his last name being Dumas. Pronounced <laughs> Dumas. Bro's <laughs> name is essentially Dick Dumbass. Yes. Dumas. <laughs> yeah. Dumas. Yeah. Dick Dumbass. Uh, I hope my wife loves me as half as much as Biombo loves throwing his hip out on screens. I can mm. see that. And guess what? Turner does it too. So STFU. They all do. Uh, I will say I've enjoyed these Suns commentators. Super chill, back their team, but never, but, but been very complimentive of us. And bonus, the one dude sounds like Hannibal Burris. And multiple times I heard this. And, and almost every time when I go to the suburb at Stakeout, they dog our announcers. They hate Eddie Johnson. Really? They hate K Ray. Oh, I see it all the time. I don't know about you. But they're always no, like, oh, these, these announcers are ass. Uh, not well, I do, about. I do see it, but I just, I just think it's because if your team's losing, um, it's hard yeah. for any announcer to really get any credit. But yeah, uh, Hannibal but, Burris, huh? Yeah, I guess Eddie hmm. Johnson sounds like Hannibal Burris. Uh, not and then Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal Burris, Hannibal Burris, okay. totally, totally different. Like it puts the lotion in the basket. Well, that's that's <laughs> Buffalo Bill. That's cool. uh, and then lastly, they were dogging Ben Matherin like the entire game. Uh, and one of them was, you know, this little chain they had. So they said, Matherin is so damn predictable. It's crazy. Somebody responded, weak handle holds him back so much. To which somebody responded, if he had just one counter move, it would help him so much. And obviously, Ben Matherin is a rookie from U of A, a, a steal in the draft, many consider. Very offensively minded player. And somebody who's part of that young core that they're going to have there. He's going to be the two guard next to Tyrese Halliburton in time. But he's got some development to do. So that's what... Happened tonight on the Subred Stakeout for the Indiana Pacers. The Suns Jam Session Subreddit Stakeout. All right, let's send out a little bit of that little little, little hardware, D. <laughs> Jam Star of the Game. Okay. Who's your Jam Star, Matthew? Let's get uh, <laughs> let's do Mikhail. <laughs> I'm gonna do a Kogi, dude. I lo- I just I love Mikhail right now. Kogi's awesome, but it's nice to have that consistency from Mikhail. Yes, but I gotta go, Josh Kogi. And you know what? All of the jamsters are agreeing with me. No doubt, it's Josh Kogi, a Kogi, a Kogi. Oh oh oh, Kogi, Yogi yo. Well, he did cost us money tonight, so yeah, give it to a Kogi. This <laughs> 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 <Just> drop. <laughs> oh yeah, this is true. All right, next up for the Phoenix Suns, they are playing the no, Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, it'll be interesting. Second time in a row we play the Grizzlies at the same time that we're playing the Dallas Cowboys. It's part of the reason why we didn't go last live last time. Matthew obviously is a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. It's the playoffs. You're coming over to the house tomorrow, right? I am. Not- I will be there for the first game and the second. Oh, I nice. I don't miss any of it. Nice. It- You're coming over early. Yeah, because my mom's coming over for the Buffalo game. Oh, cool. Is that okay if I come over? And- Hell yeah. yeah. I just know so- that we can't ask you questions during the during the Cowboys game. And we can write I- them down though. The Bills game is going to be over right when the Cowboys game starts. So I'm like, yeah. I don't want to have to drive, go get pizza, no, I and hear go that. out there and miss the ending of the game and then get there in time for the Cowboys game. So I'm just going to come over early. Sweet. Fun. Yes. Yeah. I love I love. January. Oh, put my uh, corn-free beer. Put it in the uh, fridge. I'll have oh, nice. Probably. Yeah, Shannon already pulled it. So we just got to okay. put it. Uh, she might have already put it in the fridge. Just them away. Uh, <laughs> who gives a shit who wins this game tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> Dylan Brooks. We're going to watch him. He's going to annoy us. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it's nice to get a win. You're just like two wins in a row, 
and you know like tomorrow's gonna suck unless deandre can come back but even mm-hmm. then i just it's probably gonna be a loss it's a tough game and we play the it horny is. hornets on tuesday so like that could be another win another perfect yeah another win that's so. a team you can beat for sure hell yeah Hell yeah. So we'll still be coming to you live, Jamsters. Uh, Sun Geek might join us. I'm not sure. Uh, Matthew, yep, he'll rich. be here tomorrow. Fantastic. So the Geek's yep. going to join us. So Matthew's going to have to change all these little graphics to make it for three people to be here, right? Yeah. I'm just kidding. Don't You don't have to do all that shit. Uh, <laughs> just have a line in the middle. Someone said. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it'll be a fun podcast to stop by no matter what. Because you know what happens when we play the Grizzlies. I watch Dylan Brooks for two hours. I get pissed off. I go off. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to everybody who's given us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so already, we really appreciate it. It lets other people know where to consume the best Phoenix Suns content. Uh, And here's some few. We got four in the last week. (laughs) That's awesome. Four. So so the first one is Pop Them If You Got Them, and that's from Nathan R. Jones 23. He said, one of the best Suns podcasts in the game. Their connection to Brightside and their post-game commentary gives the perfect blend of basketball analysis Fan angst and insight. Ooh, on the fan angst. I feel you there, Nathan R. Jones, 23. He says, whatever, uh, whether you're on an eight and watch, taking time on, for a Sarge smoke break, or on a subreddit stakeout, this show brings a pod for the people, media for the masses. Let's go, sons. I love that. So if anyone's ever reading that, they're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Sarge smoke break? I've got to listen to this. <laughs> All right. And then this one's from, uh, this is a five-star review from Bunny Egg. They go, where's 410? Suns versus Grizzlies. <laughs> oh, no. Says, Been listening to the pod since 2019. Now it is my routine to listen after every game. Didn't find episode 410 today, so I went on YouTube. Nothing there. Then I went on Twitter and saw you guys decided to take a night off. Very disappointed, just like the Suns these days. But it also <laughs> shows that I might be addicted to this pod. Tried some other Suns pods, but this one's the best for me. Go, John and Matthew. Take a break, but Very please cool. not for too long. So thank you, Bunny Egg. Yeah, it wasn't we, really a break. It just didn't work out. Yeah, it just Sorry. didn't work out. The technology or you something. You would have got 20 minutes anyways. Yeah, Shit. it would have been. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> us down by. We lost by 30 to the Grizzlies. Uh, yeah. We would have sat the whole time just talking about the NFL. Uh, we got one from PD Peppas. Suns season may be bad. And then the review was, but this pod is always good. So thank you for that, PD Peppas. <laughs> and then the last one is from Alo, not JLo. Thanks for the content. Uh, five Star says, way to stay vigilant through the tough times. Y'all deserve a day of rest, too. Us diehard Suns fans can only handle so much disappointment in one sitting. Thanks again for constant content. <laughs> Lastly, I'd like to shout out to Dave King and Bright Side of the Sun. Miss Dave from the Solar Panel Days. Good to hear him on the pod. Don't forget to donate to Bright Side Night before it's too late, fans. Go Suns. That's a great reminder. If you go to suns.com backslash bright side, you donate $15. The Suns will match it. You send two kids to a game. And if you do a $150 donation, you can actually get a couple of level tickets to that game on January 30th against the Toronto Raptors. Matthew and I will be there. We will be sitting up in the cheap seats because that's how we roll. Uh, so come by. Say hi. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll drink beers with you and such. It'll be a good time. It afterwards and we'll be all mm. we'll be like Woo! and then that being said i went i went today i went to the you know if, if you go to redbubble.com and you look for sun's jam session you'll find some different merchandise that we have out there and i actually purchased the dave king is my son's daddy t-shirt today i'm hoping it's here in time so i can wear it to that game and if you wear that shirt to that game you'll get a complimentary stat me dave from dave king he'll walk up to you and he'll say it's worth it right there. So again, that's redbubble.com. Link is in the description if you're watching on YouTube. So uh yeah, that's fun. What do you think of these playoffs so far? The the NFL total total sideball. I know I'll talk to you all day tomorrow. It's, it's all right. I mean talk to you all week. The first uh, the wild card region was awesome. Uh last the last game sucked. I thought the Giants and Eagles were gonna be a fucking awesome game, but it just turned out to be um I thought Jackson had a chance today, man. Huh? I thought Jacksonville Jags. had a chance. Isn't it crazy? It's like, you know Kansas City is going to win, but Jacksonville's like there, but you know Kansas City is going to pull away with it. And they have but, no business winning these games sometimes, but they just end up winning. Well, Pat, Patty Mahomes sprained the shit out of his ankle. I know he did. I know he's he did. Still... And he's just a show-off. He's like hopping around. Like, how are how you, you feeling about the game tomorrow? I think the Cowboys lose. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to like a touchdown I... and one mistake. And then the – I get to see like the, the – the Cowboys kicking a field goal. Not because the kickers sucked last game. I could see them kicking a field goal to win it or lose, and they're going to miss it. Something like that. 
I feel like it's going to be – I want the Bills and I want the Cowboys to win tomorrow, uh-huh. so they're both going to lose. They're both going to lose. I guarantee Every, you. If it – oh, my God. This is the way it is. Always. And then it works out better for you, Jamsters, because then we get to come on here and we'll both be pissed the fuck off because Buffalo's my adopted team. My mom and my grandfather from Buffalo. I grew up a Bills fan when I was a little kid. So I'll be pissed off. The Cowboys will lose. Matthew will be pissed off. The Suns will lose to the Grizzlies. He'll be pissed off. We'll go 0 for 3 tomorrow, and we'll get on, and we'll just fucking rant for like 30 minutes. And then poor Suns Geek. Pod. We'll just put Suns Geek right in between us. We'll be like, ah! Suns Geek. Suns Geek just like, damn it. It's like, why did I say yes to No, man, if they both win, that'd be crazy. Because if the Cowboys win, they have an absolute chance against the Eagles. I know the Eagles look good, but the Giants' defense sucks dick. The Cowboys yeah. have a chance against the Eagles. I just don't know about this Niners team. Purdy just needs to get rushed, and maybe well, he'll make what some mistakes. That's maybe what, but, he makes mistakes. But the advantage that Purdy has is he's got those like guys who can hit little screens off to the side so they can take the pressure off him. So well, we'll maybe see, the nerves man. get to him. It's his first playoff game. You never know, man. We'll see. It's the second. They they won last week. They beat the oh yeah whatever the Seahawks. That didn't count. Um, Metal Mike asks if we'll be signing autographs on January 30th against the Toronto Raptors. Nope. No. I'm like MJ. I sold mine to Nike, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Cor- Corey Flynn asks, "How often do you guys get recognized in public daily?" <laughs> when we go to mm-hmm. Suns games, we you know, people will be like, "Hey, yeah, that guys. one year with the playoffs, I went yeah. there like last year, and no one." <laughs> yeah, I went earlier. I went against the Heat, and yeah. no one did. I was like walking around, like I Suns Jam session shirt on. With a sign that says I'm a podcaster for Sun's Jam Session. Everyone's like, dude, can you put that sign down? I'm trying to watch the game. <laughs> They're just giving you money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but on that note, Jamsters, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, it's good to be back talking Suns. And we'll see you tomorrow night. So until then, make sure you subscribe, rate, review wherever you're consuming this podcast. Give us a five-star review on Apple. Again, we really appreciate everybody doing that. Make sure you hit the thumbs up down below. And we'll see you tomorrow night, hopefully on good terms. But, you know, knowing our luck, it'll be bad terms. So. Yep. Go home, love your family. Yeah, and the bills. <laughs>